Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And what's up, everybody? Jesse Cass here for a new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My co-host, Alex Acker, uh, can't be with us this week, but he will be back as we get things going next week. So I'll be riding solo with you guys right here on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. We got, You're also able to find us wherever you can find a podcast, whether that's Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart, anywhere you get your podcast, we are there. And of course, Believe.com as well as the Clips. Uh, just saw their four-game win streak come to an end in a loss at Utah the other day, but playing really well, especially all things considered, with all the, the players in and out of the lineup due to injuries for the Clips, uh, Paul George being the, the most notable of those, but Nick Batum as well. Um, still playing really good basketball and seeming to find that continuity. And, you know, we'll get into it more as the show progresses and as we get dive a little deeper, but... Fifth seed in the West right now, you know, tied with that record of the Lakers, 16 and 13. You know, the record, obviously not as great as you would like, but when you consider all of the injuries, everything that's gone on this season, and you're sitting fifth above that playing game slot, uh, with all of that said, uh, I think that's a great sign. So we'll talk about that much more as we get into the show. But first, it's it's really the elephant in the room for the NBA right now. And, and obviously not only the NBA is dealing with this, but we're seeing it kind of flood across the league. And of course that's that's COVID and all of the, the positive tests and cases that, that are kind of spreading like wildfire around the league. And, you know, of course, due to the, you know, the new variant, the Omicron variant, um, I think for the NBA, probably somewhat a little bit too lax testing protocol where you're looking at you know, vaccinated players maybe not being tested as often or not being tested at all if they're not showing any symptoms. The NBA just agreed to amend those testing protocols at least for a couple of weeks here during the holiday season when, you know, guys in the winter being inside more, uh, you know, all of the things that we know about COVID where, you know, it, it can be bad no matter what, but especially in the winter time when it gets colder, you're going to see spikes like this and you throw in the new variant. And I think that's that's what we're seeing now in terms of these numbers, but um, it's it's a real issue for the NBA right now where you look at all the cases, go back this week, Tuesday, the NBA set a you know single day high for cases, 13 cases in one day. They had 11 on Thursday. There's been 10 and seems like counting 
as we record this on a Friday. You look at the previous high ever for the league, and it was five t- five cases. So we're already doubling and tripling that. Uh, it's you know it's a scary situation for the NBA right now, where you know that Christmas Day is really the the big money making day in the league in terms of that being their showcase day. And I think they're kind of driving and trying to get through, get to that day. But uh, the more these cases continue to to spike and pop up, and we see some teams really really decimated by by COVID where their whole roster seemingly the Chicago Bulls had 10 players out the Sacramento Kings have you know five players and maybe more that are going to be out the New York Knicks have five players uh, that have been in and out of protocol uh, within the past week as well and it's you know that seems more common than than not having any cases at all the Clippers right now seem to be one of the lucky teams where we know Nick Batum you know had a battle with COVID where he was out for an extended period of time, uh, and you know, surge was in or is in health and safety protocols. But outside of that, they've been relatively untouched on that side of things. Now they've had other injuries, but in terms of COVID, they've been you know pretty good compared to the rest of the league. But how long is that really attainable? Where is that you're traveling each game, you're playing other teams where these cases are. You know, Clippers are scheduled to play against the Sacramento Kings. On Wednesday, the 22nd, the Kings are one of those teams, as we mentioned, who have a whole slew of their roster, including some of their coaching staff in health and safety protocols right now. So it just begs the question. It makes you wonder, does the NBA need to to shut it down for a week or two? I don't think anyone thinks that, you know, a long term shutdown is something that needs to happen. But especially right now with the variant and, as we said, it's the cases really going up like crazy and spreading like wildfire across the league it might make sense to put a quick pause on things let things settle for a week or two have everyone you know separate in their own facilities be home with their families but not be bouncing around to different cities and different teams and maybe that can you know stem the tide of this thing a little bit here you're still obviously going to have cases here and there no matter what but I think that you know, that's something the league has to seriously look into. They're obviously trying to avoid that uh, as much as possible for obvious reasons, for keeping games going, keeping revenue flowing in for the league. But uh, it's it, it begs the question if it needs to happen. And I think that, as you said, Christmas Day is the big NBA showcase. So I think they're going to try to push through and get to that no matter what. But we still have a little over a week toward, before that. Uh, you know, how many more cases are going to pop up in between then? And you know, what's the product going to be like on the court when, when you know, you're watching the Milwaukee Bucks play and obviously Giannis is out right now. Um, you know, their starting center, Bobby Portis, is out. You mentioned teams like the Knicks where, you know, they've been going deeper and deeper into their rotation. We just got news that Emmanuel Quickly, who just had a great game last night, is now in protocol with five of his other teammates. So uh, it's seemingly, you know, as the games continue, uh, the more cases we see for each of these teams. So, you, you know, you knock on wood, you you hope that you follow all the protocols and hope that that's enough where, you know, quickly was one of those guys who said he's wearing his mask all the time and taking every single precaution. And sometimes, you know, that's just not not enough. Well, that's not how the, the virus works. So um, obviously he said hope that everyone stays safe and healthy. Uh, on the Clippers side of things, he said they've been relatively lucky that it hasn't quite hit them as much as it hit, as it has hit other teams but uh, it's something to to keep your keep an eye on and something that the league really you know has to be adaptable with I think that the increased testing is a good step uh, but 
Not that I want to see basketball halted at all, especially with the Clippers really playing so well and playing some really fun basketball right now, but uh, it's a scary time, and I think safety for for the guys, for the people in the stands uh, is important. So we'll see what the league does with that. And another note on, on the fan part of things where, you know, we've seen Toronto, they've been the first and only team to cut back on their capacity to 50%. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's necessary for every team in the league, but I think teams need to be open to that idea. And I think that also, again, hard to enforce, but uh, all of these stadiums have vaccination, vaccination or mask mandates, which are great. But you see so many games on TV, so many beat writers talking about 90, 85, 90, 95% of the crowd doesn't have their mask on for most of the game. Obviously, there's the rules that you can eat and drink. But, um, you know, right now especially, I think that really being as stringent as you can about enforcing, if you're going to be at a game indoors with a lot of people, having the crowd keep their mask on as much as possible, I think is, is something that would at least be Help, helpful and a step in the right direction. So uh, hopefully we see these numbers kind of ease back and, and get back under control. I think right now, you know, as the NBA said with their new testing protocols, they have it going from now until uh, I believe the first couple weeks in January. So I think that's what they're expecting to see this wave kind of keep surging until that time and then hopefully start to die down around then. But but hopefully for, for the league, you know, the games aren't affected too much and the teams aren't affected and most importantly the players health isn't affected by by getting COVID. Now we know there's a, the great number of 97% vaccination rate within the league. Uh, the league is also encouraging players to get their booster shots which is obviously helpful but there's still so much that we don't know about the long-term effects of COVID and obviously we're not going to get into deep science podcast right now but it's just a scary, scary thought to think about where Obviously, a lot of these guys are some of the best athletes in the world. You know, they are vaccinated, so the symptoms aren't aren't too bad and they're able to recover. But even for, you know, vaccinated people out in the real world, we hear about cases of long COVID or, you know, side effects where you're feeling it weeks and months and, and a year later uh, in terms of your breathing or your stamina, whatever it may be. And we've heard, you know, even some NBA players talk about, you know, Jason Tatum last year, how long it took for him to get his wind back and Carl Anthony Towns and, and obviously, you know, how it affected him. And of course, everything he had to deal with was with his family as well. But um, it's something that, you know, these guys are out there playing a game for our entertainment and potentially risking a lot. So hopefully for everyone involved, everyone stays safe and healthy. And hopefully for the NBA, if this thing continues to get even more out of control, uh, you know, they do the right thing where even though, there might be some difficult decisions in postponing or pushing back some games that might ultimately be the best move. So we'll see what goes on. But obviously, as we said, that's kind of the the primary story that's that's fluctuating around the league right now. So that I feel like we had to talk about that here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. We're going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors. But when we come back, we'll talk about this recent stretch of basketball from the Clips. As you mentioned, no Paul George, no Nick Batum, and really... No problem for the Clippers. They've been playing great basketball. We'll talk about it right here on the Bleed Podcast Network. Don't go away. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of the sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. 
They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. All right, and as we return here on the Believe Podcast Network for the Believe in Clippers podcast, we'll get into some Clippers basketball right now. And as we mentioned at the very top of the show, Clippers right now sitting in the fifth spot in the West, 16 and 13 overall. Uh, not too bad considering all the injuries they've had to deal with, all of the different lineups we've had to see, and obviously some of the new pieces they've had to integrate. But all things considered, I think the Clippers have looked really strong over the past couple of weeks in particular where... You know, they went through some ups and downs uh, early in the season, obviously had that seven-game win streak, then kind of faltered, played on and off basketball where lose a couple, win a couple, lose a couple, win a couple. But I think that really in December, we've seen the Clippers kind of hit their stride where, you know, beginning of the month, they had a couple of tough losses, you know, not great performances against the Sacramento Kings. But, you know, you throw in that game against the Lakers, which I think was kind of a turning point game for the Clippers they followed that up the next night with a tough loss against Sacramento, but second game of back-to-back, they still played relatively well, you know, had a outlier shooting performance from Terrence Davis. So I think that that Laker game was kind of the catalyst, and we've seen since that point, uh, you know, after the loss to the Kings, you know, a nice smooth victory over the Blazers, a game where they really dominated against the Celtics, kind of blew a lead, nearly gave it away, but were able to hang on late to win that one. And then, you know, then we saw, obviously, Paul George get out of the lineup for a little bit. It started with that Celtics game, but, you know, against the Orlando Magic, Nick Batum out of the lineup as well, where it's kind of the, you know, the Clipper bench unit, the Clipper secondary guys who, you know, you still have some of your top performers in there, but going deep into a, a deep roster. And that's really what this front office has done, where, of course, you have, you know, we talked about so much with Alex and I, the importance of, of Reggie Jackson, and he's had... You know, some shooting struggles, but still has been such a big score, hit that big game-winning clutch shot against the Magic. And then, arguably, I know you can, can maybe say it's the Laker game, you can maybe say it's another one, but the performance against Phoenix on Monday, where, granted, you have Devin Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton out of the lineup for Phoenix, but they still have Chris Paul, they still have, you know, Mikhail Bridges, some of their usual suspects in the lineup. This is a game where the Clippers, of course, you know, it kind of, the lead is kind of buried, but Kawhi Leonard, of course, still out of the lineup. Paul George out of the lineup. Nick Batum out of the lineup. That's, you know, obviously your two best players in, in Kawhi and Paul George. And then maybe, you know, however you want to quantify it, Nick Batum is defi- definitely in your top five of importance in terms of what he means for the team. We saw it when he missed that extended stretch with COVID, but, you know, without him on the floor, despite not being maybe the highest producer in terms of a stat sheet, uh, his importance and his value can't be understated for the Clippers. So you're without him, without PG, without Kawhi, and you really dominate the Phoenix Suns, a 111-95 win. Uh, I thought it was maybe their best performance of the season, and it's kind of been a microcosm of how, they, how the team has been playing of late. You know, we've seen, I mentioned Reggie, 19 points in that ball game. Marcus Morris, who... You know, he obviously missed a huge chunk of time to start the year as well and, you know, started off slow when he came back, struggling with his shot, didn't have quite the the range of motion and the movement, but 
he's back, and he's back in a big way. You know, he had 24 points in that game against Phoenix, and he has just been absolutely lights out. You know, you take out that Orlando game, which the Clippers still ended up winning, where he had just two points, but 17 points against the Blazers, 20 points against the Celtics, 24 points against Phoenix, 24 again against Utah. And the Clippers, generally, when Marcus Morris scores the basketball, they win. They're 18-2 and two when he scores 20-plus in a ball game. So Marcus Morris, he's finding that rhythm. You know, he's someone who, especially with those guys out, is not afraid to take up a, you know, a first option leadership type role offensively. He's someone who can create his own shot. He's someone who doesn't necessarily need to get good shots. He, you know, he's obviously going to hit open threes in the corner, but, you know, his bread and butter when he's kind of been one of the fulcrums of the offense has been get it in the mid post, kind of isolate, operate, and hit a mid-range jumper no matter what the defense is doing. And and that's been, you know, a real key for the Clippers' success recently where sometimes in this league you need guys who can create their own shot and you, you need guys who, who can hit tough shots. And Morris is someone who can do both. So I think that having that and having someone who, when the shot clock does get bogged down, when you don't have a lot going, you can toss him the ball and be like, hey, go get a bucket, and he can do it consistently. That's been huge for the Clippers. So Marcus Morris can't be understated what he's done. Um, you throw in Terrence Mann, 17 points and nine boards in the win against Phoenix. I think we've seen, you know, not only the offensive production in that ball game and the rebounding, but he was really the the primary defender in hounding Chris Paul, who was just four fourteen and had nine points. Terrence Mann was picking him up full court, and we know that you know Terrence Mann's OG, as he would like to call it, was was Pat Bev. And there's a lot of that influence in man and how he plays defensively right now. He's someone who doesn't give an inch, doesn't back down, uh, might sometimes be over-aggressive on that end of the floor, but he's someone who gives you great intensity, great effort, great energy. Uh, it's something that is really infectious for this team that, you know, I think early in the year when they were trying to find their groove, they missed that or they got that a lot in past years from Patrick Beverly where I think Terrence Mann is starting to to find his groove within that role a little bit. So that's helped them out a lot. Uh, and then, of course, you know, a couple other guys to mention, but, you know, Ivica Zubat's defense in that Phoenix game was phenomenal. He had four block shots and two steals, but it felt even more significant than that because he altered pretty much everything at the rim. I know that Zoo has been kind of a polarizing player within Clipper Nation where some people really appreciate and love the impact that he has. Others feel like, he doesn't do enough where, you know, I think Zoo has has been very good this year. I think there have been moments, especially early in the year, where he was a little bit down and hasn't performed as well. But in general, his defensive impact has been tremendous. You know, he's been able to finish around the rim. He makes his free throws. You know, he's just so solid that it can oftentimes, you can overlook how much he does because it's not flashy. But uh, Zoo has been so important and so good. Uh, you throw in, of course, Isaiah Hartenstein and what he has done 12 points, five boards, seven assists in that game against Phoenix. And, and that'll lead us into another conversation about the center rotation in a minute. But Hartenstein has been tremendous. And then Luke Kennard, who, you know, you just have to be really happy for Luke and, and what he's been able to do for the Clippers, where this is someone who they tr made the trade for, the Shaman trade, give that big extension off the bat and kind of gets maligned and, and crushed for it. Uh, and now we're really seeing the the reason why and it the more and more moves that this Clippers front office makes the harder it gets to 
to really criticize anything that they do. Even the Eric Bledsoe move where Bledsoe is coming on strong, especially with the second unit. He's been he's been great. He's been someone who is even hitting his three-point shots when he takes them selectively, but he gets to the rim. He's kind of become a great leader for that second unit and developed an, an incredible chemistry with Hartenstein. So that's worked out great. But, you know, back on the point of Kennard where they gave him this big extension and, you know, didn't quite play a lot early on, struggled to find his rhythm, maybe wasn't aggressive in looking for his shot, but he has been lights out for the Clippers. You look at the the numbers during this win streak where 15 points on 5 of 11 from the field, 15 points, 5 of 10, 23 points, 8 of 16, 16 points, 5 of 9, where he's hitting 60% of his three-point shots. He's, you know, one of the best three-point shooters, top five in the entire NBA where, you know, he gets a shot up, you feel like it's going in, where that Phoenix game, he hits three threes. The Magic game, the game before, he hit a career-high seven threes. So Luke's shooting ability, on top of the fact that, like Alex and I talked about last week, he's not just a shooter. You know, he can put the ball on the floor. He's got that floater. You know, he won't get to the rim often, but he can finish when he does get there. And he's a good passer. So I think this is what what the Clippers envisioned when they gave him that deal. You know, in the game against Phoenix, throwing nine rebounds for Luke as well, along with four assists in those 16 points. So, you know, those are things that that I think are extremely positive for the Clippers going going forward. Uh, the play of Luke, the play of T-Man, uh, the play of Marcus Morris, you know, and so on and so on. When you get Paul George back, when you get Nick Batum back, and of course, you know, down the road, whenever you get Kawhi Leonard back, you know, all of those guys have their confidence, no matter what their role may be going forward. Um, and you know you have an incredible amount of depth and really options for for one of the best adjustment coaches in the game, where you know Ty Lue is not afraid to tinker and, mi- and mix things up, where if he has more to play with in terms of such a deep roster and versatile players, depending on a matchup when you get playoff time, we saw it last year, you can go small, you can go big, you can go shooting heavy, you can go defense heavy, um, but it's a roster that's really built for, for versatility and a lot of different you know attributes. So uh, it's exciting to see, and despite the loss against Utah where you know, Utah ended up running away at the end and, and making it uh, a 21-point win, but I thought the Clippers played even pretty well in that ball game, honestly, with being shorthanded, uh, the Jazz being at full strength, and, and being motivated off the playoff loss last year. Um, you know, I thought, you know, not an expected loss necessarily, but not one that after a four-game win streak, the Clippers really need to hang their heads over. You know, you get back on the horse, you've got a couple winnable games coming up at Oklahoma City and at home against the Spurs. And then it said Sacramento again with whatever happens with, with the scheduling of that game. But, you know, a team they've lost to twice, so I'm sure they're hungry to get that one. You have potentially before Christmas three games that you ideally should win and then can really bolster up, you know, your confidence, your record, uh, and try to keep climbing in the standings where they're just two games back of that four spot for, for Memphis. And, you know, the hopefully the healthier you continue to get, the more you can continue to climb in the standings. So... Clippers looking good right now. Fun stretch of basketball they've been playing. Um, before we wrap things up and, and get going, did mention the center rotation, and I think that's been really interesting and is you know an interesting subplot to look forward to in the season where obviously Zoo has locked down that starter spot, uh, but Hartenstein, Isaiah Hartenstein, who we've we've really praised on this podcast, uh, you know the last man on the roster has become such an integral part of the team, and it's another home run hit from the Clippers front office, but it does kind of create, I don't want to say tension, but 
certainly uncertainty with with Serge Ibaka, who you know obviously doesn't seem happy that he's not in the rotation right now. Um, you know, certainly someone who still has a lot to give, uh, adds another dimension to the team in terms of a stretch big. But but right now it's hard to to take Isaiah Hartenstein out of the lineup. And we saw you know Ty Lue play them a little bit together uh, a couple weeks back. Maybe that's something they go to at another point, but. Right now, you know, we talk about earning your playing time, and it's tough for Serge, who only really missed so much time because of injuries. But Isaiah Hartenstein, every time you see him on the court, every game, he has to play. He's been that good for the Clippers. He's just been tremendous. We mentioned the game against Phoenix where he had seven assists. Uh, He's someone who has that floater, pretty much automatic. He finishes around the rim. He defends hard. He blocks shots. You know, he's averaging seven and a half points four and a half rebounds, nearly two assists, and he's doing that in relatively limited minutes. You know, out, you know, foul trouble might be an issue for him sometime, but he's someone who goes all out all the time and just produces. And I think that uh, it's, you know, maybe down the line, as you said, in certain playoff matchups, you look for Surge uh, in terms of what he brings and his versatility, but Hartenstein doing all of this in, in 16 minutes per game, uh, you know, this was a real find for the Clippers, and he has become, as we said, not only integral to the second unit, but the, to the entire team, where he's got the chemistry as a passer out of that high post, uh, rebounding, dunking, floating, blocking shots, intensity. He's always playing extremely hard, so uh, it's just something to keep an eye on, where I still think Sergi Baca has a lot left. Uh, so, you know, all the talk and rumors about Oh, are the Clippers going to trade Serge Ibaka? You know, maybe, but what are you going to get back in, in a team that already has great depth and versatility? You know, maybe you're looking for more in a guard spot or on the wing, but, uh, you know, it would really have to be a serious upgrade. You know, it, it is disappointing for Serge um, that, you know, he's on the bench right now, and I'm sure that's tough, but uh, right now for the Clippers with, with Serge, who's, who's under contract, um, you know, I think that he's got to be the guy who at least for now, which he's been, he's always been a great teammate, very supportive, but he's got to continue to be that and stay ready. We've seen other guys, as we mentioned, do it for the Clippers throughout the years. You know, Luke Kennard, one of those examples where maybe not getting the time he felt he deserved, just keep working uh, and get back in the rotation and then prove yourself again. You know, we've seen it, Terrence Mann for a couple games when Brandon Boston was going off. Uh, You know, he's someone who saw his minutes dip down a little bit and now he's back up in the high thirties in minutes. So, It's just the ebb and flow of the season where it's a good problem to have for the Clippers. You just want to make sure they they maintain it in terms of the chemistry in the locker room. But that doesn't seem to be a problem at all. So as long as you've got guys playing well, that's a good thing. And we'll see if the Clippers, you know, find a way to reintegrate Serge Ibaka at some point. But right now, you know, huge credit to Isaiah Hartenstein for just a tremendous job and being such a huge part of the team after barely making the roster and, you know, edging out. Harry Giles for that final spot. Uh, it's pretty crazy to think in this short amount of time has done so much for the Clippers and has been such a big part of the team. So huge shout out to Isaiah Hartenstein. We'll see just how well he plays continuing going forward for the Clips. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. As we said, next week we'll be back with Alex Zacker back joining us again. We'll have some guests coming up in recent and upcoming weeks as well. So stay tuned to our feed no matter where you get your podcast. If you're on Apple rate, review, subscribe. Five stars is always appreciated. And you can find us at Believe.com where 
all of our other podcast feeds are listed right there on the site as well. So that'll do it for this week's edition. Thanks for joining us on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.